This podcast is about Scrooge's family in A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge, a man described as as solitary as an oyster. Chances are that when we first encounter him as a character, we may think of him as existing in his own personal sphere, detached from society and operating by himself, with no family to call his own. But this would be wrong. We find out that he's detached himself from his biological family and denied himself the opportunity of having a family of his own by rejecting companionship and choosing money over love. He is isolated from his family by choice, not through necessity. But the question is why? Let's delve into Scrooge's complicated family history. We first encounter Scrooge's only living relative, his nephew Fred, near the beginning of Stave One, on a cold Christmas Eve. Fred arrives at Scrooge's counting house on what we later learn is his annual pilgrimage to his uncle's office in an endeavour to bestow some festive cheer and invite him to his house on Christmas Day. Now we know from the moment of his first entrance that Fred has a very different temperament to his uncle, as seen from his greeting, A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Whereas Scrooge merely replies to this warm address with, Bah, humbug. Not exactly making him feel welcome, are you there, Ebenezer? Well, it is not only in attitude that they differ, it is also in appearance. Fred is described as having a cheerful voice, and Dickens writes that his eyes sparkled. Could this description be any more different than the one of Scrooge at the start of the novella? Now, this was a man who we were told had a grating voice and red eyes. Not exactly a glowing depiction. Where exactly is the family resemblance and the familial link? It is not clear here, but it does become evident as we venture into Scrooge's past. But before we go there, let's explore this first described interaction between uncle and nephew. We've already observed that this family reunion, as it were, isn't the most warming and welcoming, due entirely to Scrooge's pervading sense of negativity and his refusal to be receptive to anything that his nephew says. Things get progressively more heated, though, when Fred attempts to challenge his uncle on his attitude towards Christmas. Scrooge fails to see the merit in celebrating Christmas, especially if you are someone like Fred, who he considers poor, as it is a period of expense and a time of paying bills without money. He remarks to Fred that it is not something that has ever done him any good, meaning it hasn't financially advanced him, a point which Fred completely disagrees with, showing that he shares a different notion about what things in life have merit. A clue. It is not all about money, Scrooge, and making a profit. Fred describes what Christmas means to him, and it is Fred's words here that I think are some of the most important words of the entire novella. He says that he's always thought of Christmas as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know of in the long calendar of the year, when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. It is that phrase, fellow passengers to the grave, that I find really striking. We are all on the same journey in life. We are born and we die. No one can escape that fate. It doesn't matter if you are the richest individual in the world or the most destitute. Death unites us all. Fred is saying here that at Christmas time especially, we should treat all those in society as equal and embrace and look after those in need. 
Although entrenched ideas of social class were seen to separate the rich and poor, Fred is trying to impart the message that Dickens wanted to convey, one of social responsibility. Scrooge sees himself as being on an elevated platform, almost as a separate species from the poor and disenfranchised. He's not. Fred is trying to impart the message to his uncle that he should not see people through social class or financial positions, but as humans, just like him. This message, however, is lost on Scrooge, who, angered at Bob Cratchit's applause of Fred's words, becomes more antagonistic and again rejects the invitation for Christmas dinner, instead choosing to critique his nephew's marriage, seemingly focusing on this to add to his catalogue of grievances against him, and as a further reason not to visit. Fred dismisses this though, stating, You never came to see me before that happened. This shows that their estrangement is long withstanding. It is not that Scrooge rejected Fred on account of his marriage. He showed no inclination to engage with him prior to this. A truly sad state of affairs, don't you think? Fred is being rejected by his only biological relative, and whilst he has a family of his own, this is an upsetting situation for us to observe, despite Fred's good humour in relation to it. Why is Scrooge behaving in this way? Why is he forsaking his nephew and refusing to have a relationship with him? Fred himself cannot understand it, stating, I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why cannot we be friends? This idea of nothing is significant. Fred is making no demands of his uncle. He simply wants a relationship with him. Scrooge refuses to answer this question and instead moves to bidding him good afternoon. Perhaps Scrooge cannot even consider this question fully, as then he would have to face up to the cruel reality of the fact that he is betraying his sister's memory by refusing to have anything to do with her son. So he simply dismisses the issue from his mind by dismissing Fred from his office. How mature. Indeed, it is Fred who, despite being of younger years than Scrooge, and despite being treated so rudely during this encounter, acts magnanimous in defeat, when he sees that there is no change in his uncle's mindset. He refuses to react angrily to the situation. He simply remarks that the pair have never had any quarrel to which I have been a party, which further conveys his confusion at events and refuses to let the situation dampen his mood. He reflects that he has made the trial in homage to Christmas and I'll keep my Christmas humour to the last, showing that he believes strongly in the unifying nature of Christmas and how we should all reach out to each other during this time. This is certainly one of his core beliefs. Any rejection that he experiences at the hands of Scrooge does not alter his conviction or temperament. Seen when he leaves without an angry word, and pauses to bestow season's greetings on Bob Cratchit. Fred is the antithesis of Scrooge, a kind, eloquent young man who values love over money, and has a huge capacity for hope. Where does he get such characteristics from, and did Scrooge ever share some of these traits? This becomes clearer as we venture into the past. Indeed, it is when the ghost of Christmas past takes us back in time to Scrooge's childhood that we discover more about Scrooge and his family, and learn about their complex history. The first place that the ghost takes him to is his old school, a boarding school no less, which indicates to us straight away that Ebenezer was often away from his family for long periods of time. Now, it wasn't unusual for Victorian parents to send their offspring to boarding schools and be apart from their families for months on end. What is unusual about this situation, though, is that Scrooge is spending the holidays alone. Why isn't he spending the festivities with his nearest and dearest? 
Well, we do get a bit of an insight into his poignant situation when he's surprised by a visit from his beloved sister Fran one Christmas, a memory which he is shown by the spirit. Once Fan enters his domain, Ebenezer's boyhood demeanour changes visibly. He goes from an attitude of despair, pacing continuously, to one of surprise and jubilation. Such the effect that his sister's presence and the news she brings him has on him. She asserts, I have come to bring you home, dear brother. The way that Scrooge and his sister speak to one another shows us a close, warm relationship. She calls him dear brother, and he in turn calls her Little Fan, an affectionate nickname, the use of the word little being a term of endearment. Such an exchange shows us that Scrooge was once capable of having affectionate relationships and that his sister was a key figure in his life. Not only has she journeyed to a school to fetch him, but she is the one who instigated his return home. She acted to ensure that her brother was included in the household once more. However, once we find this information out, we also discover that Scrooge's home life has previously been highly strained and unhappy. Fan reveals this when she says, Father is so much kinder than he used to be, that home's like heaven. Such a phrase insinuates that their home was anything but heaven before. It hints at an unhappy place, with a cold and potentially cruel father. But things seem to have changed. Because of this change in his father's temperament, Fan is not afraid to ask once more if her brother might come home. This notion of fear, which has previously held Fan back from requesting her brother's presence, clearly reveals that Scrooge's father was not approachable and was somewhat of a frightening individual, who clearly prevented Scrooge from returning home for the holidays. He simply didn't want his son to be around by the sound of it. This is heartbreaking information to uncover and does make us feel increased sympathy for Scrooge and a degree of understanding about his behaviour in the present. This estranged relationship with his father could reveal why Scrooge has been unable to form successful and lasting relationships in his later life. He was shut out by his father, and so he began to exclude people from his own life. Such a rejection must have been highly traumatic for a young boy, yet thankfully Scrooge had fans unwavering support and love. She doesn't give up on him, as insinuated by the fact that she asked her father once more if Scrooge could come home a phrase which clearly shows that she has done this many times before. Ebenezer reveals a sense of wonder at his sister's actions and is clearly overcome with gratitude, exclaiming, You are quite a woman, little fan. She is such a positive influence on his life. Even the language used to describe fan bursts with exuberance and joy. She is described as darting in, an energetic action, and is seen to be constantly clapping her tiny hands, and is seen to laugh, when with her brother in this short exchange. She's also is said to have had childish eagerness and be brimful of glee. The ghost notes that she had a large heart himself. Reminds you of anyone? How about Fred's demeanour at the start of the novella? She is his mother and he appears to have inherited some of her traits. But what happened to her? It is not made explicitly clear apart from that she passed away. The ghost says that she was always a delicate creature who died a woman. We know that she had Fred, so you would think that given this hugely close relationship with Fan, Scrooge would have wanted to cherish her memory by being a part of Fred's life, yet this is not the case. Why? Some scholars believe that Fan may have died giving birth to Fred. This may explain Scrooge's detached attitude to his nephew. 
Perhaps Fred simply reminds him too much of his sister that he loved and lost, and he is unable to spend time with him without feeling dreadful grief or resentment. We never fully know the reason for their strange relationship, but it seems that this memory from the past makes Scrooge reconsider his attitude towards Fred. The ghost remarks that Fan had children, reminding Scrooge of his nephew. When this observation is made, Scrooge is described as being uneasy in his mind. He seems to be realising the implications of his actions and is starting to reflect on how he has treated Fred and refused his request to visit year on year. Now, it is as we explore the present in Stave 3 that Scrooge is presented with what he's been missing out on all these years spending time with Fred at his Christmas party. From the very moment that the ghost of Christmas present enters Fred's abode with Scrooge, it is clear that even the spirit views Fred favourably as he looks at him with an approving affability. Undoubtedly, he recognises his generous spirit and approves of the way that Fred celebrates Christmas and treats those around him. The narrator similarly is highly complimentary about Fred, seeing when he says... If you should happen, by any unlikely chance, to know a man more blessed in a laugh than Scrooge's nephew, all I can say is, I should like to know him too. It is highly evident here that Dickens is venerating Fred and painting him as a virtuous individual. What's more, Fred and his wife seem highly suited to each other in temperament and joie de vivre. She's even described as having the sunniest pair of eyes, which links to the reference to Fred's eyes, which sparkled in stave one. As Scrooge sees more of the gathering, he hears Fred's account of his visit to the counting house the previous day and hears his nephew's thoughts about what transpired. Interestingly, Fred is not bitter about the encounter, despite hearing the rest of the party's opinion about the situation. When discussing his uncle's behaviour, he makes the astute observation that his offences carry their own punishment and I have nothing to say against him, showing that whilst he disagrees with Scrooge's actions, he will not critique him or speak about him cruelly. He does laugh at his miserly ways, but there is no deep malice in his words. He instead makes it clear to his party and the reader that Scrooge is someone to be pitied. He says, I am sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. What's more, he is not going to give up on him, much like his mother always looked out for Scrooge and fought his corner, so Fred will try his best to reach out to him. He pledges to give him the same chance every year, whether he likes it or not, for I pity him. He makes a trip to see his uncle to try and get him to see that there is another way to see things and to live life. And what's more, he wants to include him in his own life. In doing this and giving him this opportunity, he is trying to make him change. So he must believe that Scrooge is capable of this in some way. He recognises something within him. He's also confident that he could have an impact on him, even if it is just in a small way. He reflects that he will consider his visit successful, even if it only puts him in the vein to leave his poor clerk £50. It is evident here that Fred's motives seem entirely selfless. He doesn't want Scrooge to change just for himself, Fred. He seeks to improve opportunities for others as well. He cares about Bob even though he barely knows him. After Fred shares his thoughts about Scrooge, the party gets into full swing and there are games and music aplenty. Something that Scrooge, surprisingly, finds himself enjoying. A fact which shows that the household's good humour and generosity of spirit 
are infectious. The music played also seems to have an emotional impact on Scrooge. The narrator observes how Scrooge's niece played well upon the harp and played, among other tunes, a simple little air which had been familiar to the child who fetched Scrooge from the boarding school. Fred's wife is honouring Fred's mother, Fan, by playing a song that she knew. The music reminds Scrooge of his sister and it is remarked that as he listened to it, he softened more and more and thought that if he could have listened to it often, years ago, he might have cultivated the kindnesses of life for his own happiness with his own hands. It is said that songs and sounds can transport you back into the past and bring back memories, and it seems as though this serves to remind Scrooge of Fan, and also the fact that Fred is her son. Interestingly, after this, he begged like a boy to be allowed to stay until the guests departed. It is almost like he has been transported back to his younger self. They stay for a parlour game, which Scrooge unexpectedly finds himself the topic of, and then Fred raises a glass to his uncle, saying, A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man. He wouldn't take it from me, but he may have it nevertheless, showing his munificence yet again. Scrooge becomes light of heart after hearing the toast. It is almost as though his chains are gradually lifting, and he is regaining his childhood innocence through being exposed to Fred's exuberance and generosity of spirit. As we move into the future, you might think that Scrooge's family would not feature in this part of the narrative. I mean, this stave is all about Scrooge's ultimate demise, and as someone who has successfully isolated himself from everyone for the majority of his life, including his only relative, Fred, you wouldn't expect to see much familial mourning. And we don't. But this is for a particular reason. It is not simply that Fred doesn't care anymore. Whilst it is true that there is no mention of Fred's reaction to his uncle's death, this is partly a narrative device utilised by Dickens to conceal the name of the person whose death is talked about so prominently in this stave. If Scrooge was taken to see his nephew at this point in proceedings, it would undoubtedly lead to Scrooge learning of his own death earlier in the stave. Dickens saves this for Scrooge and the reader until the graveyard scene. So no Fred in this stave, right? Wrong. Whilst we don't see Fred, we hear about him in relation to another death in the narrative, this time of a more beloved character, Tiny Tim. Yes, it is when we visit the Cratchit household and see the eerily quiet dwelling that we hear how Fred has offered comfort to Bob in his time of grief. Bob tells his family of the extraordinary kindness of Mr Scrooge's nephew, who encountered Bob in the street looking a little down and inquired after his health and family. This mere act itself denotes Fred's benevolent and caring disposition. Despite barely knowing Bob, he expresses concern for him as an individual and goes out of his way to check on his well-being. Moreover, when he finds out about his family's loss, he expresses his heartfelt sympathies and also offers his assistance, saying, If I can be of service to you in any way. Bob calls this extraordinary kindness even though it is just a few words. And it is extraordinary kindness. He didn't have to stop Bob in the street. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to offer to help. But he did, because he cares about the plight of others and feels empathy when hearing of their distress. There is no falsehood or sense of empty words here. It is clear that the offer of help is genuine. This is so much more than Scrooge has ever offered Bob in his years of employment. 
yet Fred offers this in a matter of minutes. Fred's response to Tiny Tim's death shows that simple kindness and empathy for others can make society a better place. Scrooge has to be taken on a journey to convince him that mankind is his business. Fred doesn't need this. He is a highly empathetic and caring character, a trait undoubtedly inherited from his mother. Bob observes that Fred seemed as if he had known our Tiny Tim and felt with us. He's a good soul, as Mrs Cratchit remarks. Perhaps, though, you can start to draw parallels here with Fred's behaviour and Scrooge's future actions. Such kindness of spirit foreshadows Scrooge's generosity to the Cratchits in Stave 5. And Stave 5 is where we find ourselves now. Having woken up full of gratitude at his second chance in life, Scrooge is described as, amongst other things, as merry as a schoolboy. This is an interesting simile to use as it connotes childhood innocence. He has returned to an earlier state of being. He is finding merriment in life again, and the cynicism that he acquired over the years has evaporated away. It is surely significant that we were previously shown a happy memory of his school days, one where his much-loved sister visited him at Christmas time. He has captured some of her infectious joy of life and is now channeling it himself. He no longer rejects the notion of celebrating Christmas. Instead, he ventures out to accept an invitation that he has hitherto declined. He does visit Fred. Now, if I was Scrooge, I would probably be feeling a bit self-conscious about turning up on Fred's doorstep after being consistently rude to him. And indeed, he is, as he passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But knock he does, as he hasn't come so far on his emotional journey to fail at this hurdle. He opens his heart to his nephew and asks, Will you let me in, Fred? A question which refers to the physical act of being let into the house, but also the emotional act of being let into his nephew's life. Now you might think that Fred would hesitate at this request, or at least express bemusement at this turn of events. But we all know Fred well enough by now to recognise him as a kindly individual who wouldn't respond in such a way. Fred shows no hesitation in accepting his uncle. The text says, Let him in. It is a mercy he didn't shake his arm off, showing the amount of enthusiasm that he received Scrooge with. Moreover, Scrooge is described as being at home in five minutes to show how wholeheartedly he has been accepted by his nephew, his wife and their friends, showing that in spite of their earlier estrangement, there is a real willingness to improve their relationship and reform their family unit. Indeed, Dickens describes the situation as wonderful unanimity, wonderful happiness showing that, at last, Scrooge is reunited with his family and is overjoyed as a result of this. It is a transformative experience for both Scrooge and we can presume for Fred too, who now has a clear link to his mother. Such a reunion is only made possible through Fred's benevolence. Through Fred, Scrooge is educated on the importance of family, but also Christmas. The spirit showed him the way, but it is presumed that Fred continues his journey by helping him put his new lessons into practice through interaction and inclusion. In the closing lines of the novella, it is remarked that it is always said about Scrooge that he knew how to keep Christmas well. Having heard Fred's interpretation of Christmas earlier in the novella and seen how he celebrates it himself, it could be assumed that these words could almost be seen to describe him as well. Like uncle, like nephew, eh?